0: Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to 4th and Inches, a Husky podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Jake Grant. Uh, And before we get to our Boise State preview and how excited we are, uh, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, everybody who listens to it. We just eclipsed 100,000 listens. And for that, Jake is going to give one lucky fan $100,000.
1: What? What? (laughs) Not happening dude it's game week man uh i'm still torqued that you just said i was gonna give somebody a hundred thousand dollars
0: <laughs> well it's been said it's been recorded we're
1: moving on <laughs> hey no but let's not just move past that let's acknowledge the fans and the hey. listener we love you thank you guys when we started this it was it was me and trevor have no idea. I mean, we still don't know what the hell we're doing, right? Yeah. But we especially didn't know what we were doing. We barely did any research. We sucked. uh And you guys stuck with us. And yeah. now here we are, you know, 100,000 deep, 100 grand. So thank you guys. We appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was when we started it, it was just like, hey, we're doing this because we like to hang out. And this was a way to do it being long distance. We didn't really care if anybody listened. And I remember when we first put it out on like, husky nation on facebook somebody thought we were like duck fans we were so bad at this so uh, to co- to come so far uh is awesome and and making uh relationships along the way the two that are with us the most can't be here tonight but uh they'll be back leo will be back on uh for our review kaylee back in a couple of weeks but you know it's 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 a wild ride man it's super fun so
1: and all it took was us starting to really resent each other in this whole process. So <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, you know, the minor details. Yeah. It's all for you guys.
0: <laughs> we I physically fight him every time I see him and I always win.
1: Every time. <laughs> Just like I didn't dunk on you.
0: Oh, okay, one of those things is true and one of them's false. And, and the fact is you did not ever dunk on me. The only time that you might have dunked on me is if we were sharing a plate of mozzarella sticks. <laughs>
1: First of all, I'll double dunk on you then. Hey,
0: all right, dude, it's game week. How does it feel, man? Like the most important season, the most uh, anticipated season in forever. Um, How are we feeling?
1: Super excited, man. Uh, It's been crazy because the Mariners have kind of kept me off of this i can't wait for football i can't wait for football they um yeah i i was just starting to get to the point where i was counting down the days until football began and then mid july right when the mariners were 500 yeah, yeah and then they start going on the run and and uh you know i start paying a lot of attention to that i do love the mariners i love baseball uh i do have a family a baseball family so it's still in my blood um so that's it's taken the pain away of it not being here yet. Yeah. But now that it's, a, you know, it when last Saturday, it was a week away. and I go on my ESPN app and I look at week one on NCAA football and there it is in all its glory. And I am just, it, it's like a, a light came down from the, the the heavens above and right on the UW game. And it hit me and here we are. And I'm so juiced about it.
0: I, I've, I've, I've been I've never been more excited about a season when it comes to the anticipation of what's coming. Um the only thing that I can liken it to of just really really looking forward to an opening game actually was is another Boise State game when they opened up new Husky Stadium being so excited for that game and as it got closer getting more and more nervous um about what's in front of them, you know, for that I think it was 2013 it was You know, you want to open up the new stadium on a win. But and this year, it's I feel like every game outside of maybe Tulsa. I'm going to be kind of nervous because of what's at stake as they go through each one of these games.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was just thinking uh, earlier today that even the year that we went to the college football playoff, didn't have the kind of hype that we have around this team this season going into a season. I mean, everybody knew that that team was going to be pretty good. And, you know, we came off of a good season, a bowl season with Browning and Gaskins and all those guys that the year before. So we had high expectations, but I mean, I, I would say 2001 might be the last time I can, I can recollect a season going into the season that had a quarterback with as much prestigious as Michael Penix does with a team that has the ambitions that this team does. And, uh, there's, there's a buzz going around right now. It's, I mean, to see Michael Penix and a Husky logo on the side of buses is yeah. something that I didn't know I'd ever see again, to be honest. So, yeah. so seeing the buzz around them is pretty incredible.
0: It really is. And, you know, starting to get into this preview, uh, we start with the depth chart. And let's start, like, let's not bury the lead. The wildest thing that we see out here is the offensive line, starting from left to right, left tackle, Troy Fatanu. Um, left guard, it's Nate Kalepa or Julius Bulow. Centers, Mateo Melee, Right guard, shocker, redshirt freshman, Parker Brailsford and then uh, right tackle Roger Roger Rosengarten. Um, (laughs) When you first saw that, what was your big takeaway?
1: Well, you and me actually talked on the phone uh, the day that that was released, and I was pretty shocked about Parker Brailsford getting the nod, and you were pretty shocked about Nate Colepo getting the nod. Um, Either way, I think probably both – those were the two spots that were kind of up in the air and the probably weren't the picks that the mass majority thought was going to get the starting spot. Oh, I think everybody thought
0: the, the kaleppa. I think it's just the Bulo not being out there.
1: Yeah, I think. i sure.
0: Could
1: Buelo could have taken. Yeah, I guess. But it's
0: um, the
1: size of that that is so wild. To yeah, me. yeah, I know it. Um, I thought I thought Bulo was probably gonna be that left guard position. To be honest, I, did. You not? Did you think Kalepo was gonna be the left guard position?
0: I thought that it was gonna be Kalepo at left guard and Bulo at right guard. I was shocked when um, Parker Brailsford's name showed up as the starter. I thought he was gonna be the backup center.
1: If you don't, as an offensive lineman, if you don't play right side ever, your feet movement it doesn't just come naturally. You don't just get to go from left tackle to right tackle or left guard to right guard. It's, it's a completely different footwork. It's completely right. different handwork. So if he hadn't been practicing at right guard, he probably, had you know, he d- didn't have the experience or the touch or any of that. So uh, it, it could have been a hard battle from the start.
0: Yeah, I guess. I, I I really I don't know. I wonder if there's, you know, one of those guys is nicked up. We'll see because of the or it could be either one that pops out uh and starts at left guard. Uh maybe both of them do. Uh, my my thought is maybe one of them is maybe a game time decision on whether or not they're gonna play. So uh you know, putting them in the or position gives them the opportunity. I, you know, it's, it's nice that they're actually putting on, on how the start. game
1: goes.
0: Yeah. So that that's, and it's, it's, it's uh Nick, it's Nick Harris, right? That's what Nick Harris did before he became the starting center for three years. So uh, I yeah. think that's <laughs> shocking. That's coach V will tell you that Parker Brailsford dominated all of the high end guys in Arizona when he was a high schooler. So he probably isn't that surprised by it, but that's, I mean, pretty shocking to me. The rest of the offense really isn't shocking at all. Devin Colt, Jack Westover is the or tight ends. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix with Dylan Moore is backing him up. Dylan Johnson takes over as the head tailback with um, Cam Davis being out. Will Nixon is his backup. And then, you know, the three receivers with Boston Bernard and Tayshawn Lyons, true freshman, um, as the, the four through six. So, uh, st- standouts from the receiver quarterback tight end.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought Will Nixon um, had a chance to take over the starting role after the He's injury. so much but, bigger
0: than he was when he first got here.
1: Yeah, and not having a complete full year under the program with the playbook is, is difficult. So, I, he was kind of at a setback already, but... I think he's talented, and I think you're going to see him get a lot of – even even amount of carry touches with Dylan Johnson probably. Sweet.
0: Yeah, both guys are super good out of the backfield too. That's – actually, you look at the running back room now outside of um, uh, Richard Newton, who Richard Newton can catch the ball out of the backfield as well, um, is a guy that is kind of a multi-tool player. So I bet you, you'll see Richard Newton in on some situations. He'll probably get six touches, six to 10 touches. If it's a close game
1: um, with the rest. Yeah. And as far as the receivers go, I think we all pretty much, (laughs) you know, expected that to lay out the way that it was going to lay out. You weren't going to see anybody take away the one or the two spot from Rome and Mm Jalen. We all thought that, you know, Jalen Polk was going to be the three guy and then behind that, all of those guys are just interchangeable, right? It doesn't matter yeah. who the second guy is, who the third guy is. Mm-hmm. It's situational battles, situational plug-and plays right. with, with that offense. And, and when you see Washington put some numbers on guys, you're gonna see the, you know, you're gonna see Jeremy Bernard and Denzel Boston and and Tayshaun Lyons out there getting a lot of reps and a lot of important game reps, too.
0: And that's what's so important about you know, bringing in Jeremy Bernard is Giles Jackson would be on those lists if it wasn't for a thumb injury that could keep him out for the rest of the season. And now Tayshawn Lyons, a guy who Washington had to fight to get right at the end of the recruiting cycle. uh, He's now probably going to see some reps and Willie Redshirt with four games. I don't actually know anymore because if he's the sixth guy, you know, there's a lot of receivers that play. So you know there's there's some other guys behind him that are some true freshmen that that are probably right around him as well. Rashid Williams uh is one that comes to my mind but you know five or six receivers getting in the game and getting targets isn't out of the realm of possibility at all throughout the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely agree.
0: Um moving over to the defensive side of the ball, this one really nothing out of the ordinary that we didn't already know. Um Edge Braylon Trison, ZTF uh, on each side. Sakai. Oh, it's too small to read right now. Afua um is going to be the backup. A lot of guys were talking about how good he was. Uh at the end of Fall Camp Voitanufi, the other backup edge. And then in the middle, it's Ulumu Ale, Tuli Latua Gasanoa, Fatua Tuatele, and Jacob Bandis. That's a really good front four.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited to see. It jacob bandis probably most has he made that step that we've been waiting on yeah. all these years um he's coming into his redshirt junior season so can he take that elevated step and and do what he needs to do um he's a talented kid i'm super excited to see him play this year uh this defense is just it's it's pretty stacked with talent especially on the defensive line side of things you know with the front uh,
0: seven in general
1: yeah ztf i mean it's all it all looks good um i'm interested to see how the husky position pans out this year you know i I don't know if i would have said it was a failed experiment last year but um I would like to see it pan out a little bit better this year, especially with the the way the, the secondary looks going into the season. I think they look a lot better, a lot cleaner. They've had this defense for a whole year. You know, yeah. they're going into their second year now, which is gonna be it's gonna be worth wonders for these kids to have that playbook for a second year. So, um, I'm excited, man. i I'm, I'm really excited for Asa Turner. Uh, yeah. Word on the street is that he's the leader of that defense. And he's ball hawking. So I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, a couple of things to your point. It's so wild to think about how woefully unprepared the defensive back and it was in general, especially once guys started going down, because the cupboard wasn't as stacked as it was in previous, you know, Chris Peterson, Jimmy Lake years. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of guys that were true freshmen. And that's because there was so much success uh, going all the way up to like, Buda Baker and, um, and Byron Murphy that none of them stayed for their full allotment of eligibility. So Mm -hmm. once they leave, you know, it's just this war of attrition. And then recruiting stopped, uh, being as effective as it was, I guess I would say, um, the Husky position now they're really going heavy into the run where last year, Dominic Hampton was good. He ended up getting having some troubles with some smaller guys that would run uh that could run past him a little bit if he wasn't able to get his hands on him now they got michelle powell who's a pretty good uh cover corner but he's a really really good tackler and you can see that that's kind of the way they're trending where instead of like dyson mccutcheon it's tristan dunn who is a safety or or was recruited (laughs) as a safety so um a guy again who hits so it's just, I, I think looking at how they're setting up their, their defensive backs, um, it's going to be a group that can cover to the outside, but is really physical in, at the safety position, uh, and, uh, the, the short, the short side, uh, corner and the Husky position. So Michelle Powell's the Husky, Jerome Muhammad's the outside guy, Elijah Jackson's the uh, the, the the short side corner, Dominic Hampton and Asa Turner at strong safety and free safety. So, um, I think it's going to be a better unit. Go ahead.
1: I I just real quick, uh, you know who I think we really missed out on being maybe the best Husky position of all time was Elijah Molden. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that guy would have been the perfect player for that position, somebody that can cover anybody on the field and make any tackle at any time and absolutely be a ball hawk it was incredible. I just, I just got to thinking about that the other day and I was like, man, if he was four years, five years, you know, younger, yeah, he would have been the best Husky position player ever. Yeah. And they kind of used him
0: like that. They also, I think yeah. a Baker was kind of in that position at some points yeah. where he was a lot closer to the line and uh, Taylor rap as well. I, I think that, really designating the husky role as not a slot corner or you know not interchanging slot corner with a with a free safety really giving them that specific position i think is really it's really beneficial to the player because they really get to focus on one aspect um of the defensive scheme yeah. um the the one we're missing is linebackers uh Edowan Ulafucio is the starter Alfonso Tupatala is a starter as well just like last year Carson Bruner's the backup and, uh, Raylan go forth. Those four are all going to play a ton. Um, I know that you're disappointed that Carson Bruner isn't listed as a starter. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think he's just one of our favorite players in general, but what is your take on the linebacker core?
1: I mean, they're solid, right? As yeah. long as, as long as Eddie can stay healthy and, and do what he's done in the past and just be a tackling machine. Um, I think that this linebacking core can be special. I don't know if it will be this year. I hope so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Carson Bruner getting – not getting that starting position sucks, but it's not like we won't – it's not a typical a ton, NFL though. linebacking position, right, where there's one guy or two guys, all right. 100% of the snaps. We will see Carson Bruner rotate, and I am excited to see him play this year.
0: Yeah, 100%. You're not going to see like a Bobby Wagner or like a Ray Lewis where – you just got one middle linebacker out there. You know, Edifano Ulafuscio, though, you know, I think he's going to cover up a, a lot of sins that have been uh, apparent over the last few years. We've talked about him as maybe one of those Ben Burkervin type players that is able to go sideline to sideline and just really clean up a lot of messes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He's just another one in that line of linebackers all the way back. You know, we talk about Azim Victor and going all the way back to that so i mean he's just another one of those guys in that line that go for sideline and sideline washington's done really good at having really great middle linebacker play
0: yep uh the one one of the backups that i'm really excited to see and it's just because i think he's he's got the moxie he's he's a ball hawk he's pretty physical as well as Thaddeus dixon he's probably my favorite player on the defense it's not a starter
1: if he starts by the end of the year, you're gonna get a Thaddeus sticks and tattoo to match your. Um, huh. the, who who am I thinking of? The D tackle that you love so much.
0: Oh, oh, uh, um, uh, Greg
1: Gaines. Yeah, which is Dude. next to your Quincy Bondexter tattoo.
0: Oh, hey, I, God,
1: you are just you you you're speaking email. my and, language. And then Chris Polk is on his right. Oh, that's my that's my mount rushmore that's your mount, Rush, mount rushmore of u athletes of like very specific u <laughs> athletes
0: not not known very much outside of montlake but greg Gaines maybe
1: uh yeah greg Gaines had a pretty good career yeah. super bowl yeah. champ
0: yeah yeah now he's a buccaneer so um all right let's get to boise state uh, Jake, you covered the offense in our preview. What do you got on them?
1: You know, I uh, the more I dove into into Boise State, the more I realized this offense is better than a lot of the Pac-12 offenses that Washington's going to see this year. Do you know who their uh, offensive coordinator is? Come on, bro. Oh, sorry. Give me, give, give, give me, give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're bringing back Talon Green. Uh, he's the returning returning quarterback. Uh, this is his second year under offensive coordinator Bush Hamden, ex Husky. Good, there you go, Trev. You got it. Quarterback as a as a redshirt freshman, he started. He threw fourteen touchdowns and only six interceptions. And as a freshman, that's really special numbers. Super low interception rate. You don't expect that coming from a freshman. He has the ability to run outside the pocket and scramble for, for some first downs and some touchdowns. Um. <clears throat> Now, this offense is – the stable of this offense is behind a very proven offensive line, and it all stems from their running game. Yeah. Um, George Halani and Ashton Jeanty return as their dynamic duo. Uh, they amassed 2,000 yards last year and 17 touchdowns between between the two of them. So they have the ability to run. That's a super solidified offensive line. They, I think they only had to change one positional player in that offensive line. Um, if there's anywhere that they're not great, it's their wide receiver room. That's kind of the weakest part of their offense, but it's not a weak part of their offense at all. It's just not their strong suit, right? They did lose the returning lead receiver in Latrell Caples uh, yeah. due to this for the entire season, which sucks for Boise State because he was by far going to be their number one receiver. Right. They've been looking for that guy, you know, the guy like the Huskies had for five years it seemed like, um, and it was going to be Latrell. And uh, unfortunately, he just he, he got hurt and he's going to be out for the entire year. So, but now they have to rely heavily on uh, redshirt sophomore Eric McAllister, who only had 11 catches for 259 yards last year. So their receiving room, so so what Washington's defense needs to do going into this game is they need to focus on the run game. you got to stop that run. Your defensive line, who we just got done talking about, has to be super special this game. You have to get pressure. But you have to push their offensive line back. You have to stop the run at all costs because if you don't, that's going to open up that passing game. And then you're really in trouble, right? Because you start opening up pass, play action pass. Taylor Green starts to get a little bit too comfortable back in that pocket, and he starts torching you out. So I would coming out of the of the tunnel on Saturday, I would expect Washington's defense to be tenacious and start really attacking the run game.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, Taylor Green, the thing that's scary about him is he's kind of like he's kind of like Cam Newton that has a lower uh completion percentage because his completion percentage is not fantastic it's in the 60s um but he's six point six yeah and, right and he's and he's a really really good runner so I agree I think you force you know like what you said about cables being out they got a guy named Prince Stra uh Strachan Stracken who's like six five so like mm-hmm. they got some guys they're pretty unproven I think that in order to really stop this offense, you're going to have to, you know, really commit to stopping the run. And that's Alfonso Tupatala being in there. That's Michelle Powell being right around the line and forcing Green to uh, have to beat you with his arm.
1: If, If Green had 20 or, sorry, 10 rushing touchdowns last year between Green and the two running backs, that's 27 rushing touchdowns, which is most of their offense. If you can stop the run game, including green, you set yourself up for success right away.
0: Oh, for sure. And like, they, they just, I mean, they scored almost 30 points a game. I mean, they just, they ran all over people. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the offense is what we need to worry about in this game. Boise State's offense.
0: I I a hundred percent agree with you.
1: Um, they can score in bunches.
0: Yeah, and they can also keep Washington's offense on the sidelines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's my with that's that's my ball. big scary. Yeah, yeah. This game isn't as ex- like I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as as I was saying when I was doing our Washington preview. I think this game's going to be a little bit scarier than what we want. I still think it's, I, I mean, we'll get to the predictions, but I think this, this offense gives me pause. Um, the defense does not, um, last year they were pretty good. They, uh, I mean, they were really good. They gave up 19 and a half points a game. Um, albeit, you know, that's a lot of uh, mountain West schools, but Oh boy. You know, they, they bring back their leading tackler. they I feel like, and I'm going to give this to you now as I get through this, I feel like I'm previewing Michigan State from last year. They have a really good linebacker who can do damage. Uh, Leading tackle on the team, DJ Schramm, uh, of transfers from all over the country and not necessarily schools where you're finding a ton of really good defensive linemen, especially Um, Iowa State, Boston College, Northern Arizona. They got Tyler Wiggs from Utah. Um, He's not a starter for them. Uh, I I just, I, looking at the front seven, there's guys that are back that are experienced, but I just don't know if they did enough in the transfer portal to really be able to hang with an offense like Washington's. Their, uh, Their cornerback's, uh, Markel Reed and Jaden Clark. Um, you know, they're 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 good Mountain West players. I just they just don't have the depth at any position on defense to be able to keep up with anybody on this offensive staff. I think Washington will be able to do whatever they want at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously going to force Washington to beat them. Uh, I think everybody's game plan this year is to not let Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan and uh, Jalen Polk to get deep. So I expect them to, you know, put some guys back and force them to, uh, you know, go down the field with five to 10 yard plays. Um, I think Washington is good enough to do that because they have a ton of people that have been there before and are, will be patient and and aren't going to try to grab more than they can take.
1: Yeah, you know, I mentioned how Boise State's offense was better than a lot of Pac twelve offenses this year. Their defense is not better than many Pac twelve defenses this year. Right. Um, they are really going to struggle with with not just Penix's ability to throw the ball, but the ability to to line up against this offensive line. There's yeah. a, they're a lot they're a lot smaller than that offensive yes. line and they will get pushed, and they will – I, I do think that we will focus a little bit more on the run than we typically would just because of the the size differential that Washington's going to have in this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, and nothing feels better for a new offensive line than pushing people around. Yeah, 100%. It,
0: Especially like somebody like Parker Brailsford who hasn't done it before – uh, very much on the, on since sense high school. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be one of those games where it's probably the score is going to not be as high as, you know, maybe some of the other games just because Boise state will be able to control the clock a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, there's some changes around time this year, uh, only first downs in like the second and fourth quarter are stopped to reset the chain. So, you know, we're going to, you're going to lose, a few minutes of game time, every game. Uh, and with his offense, I could be a possession, right? So I think Washington's still going to score at a pretty high clip. Um, what is your prediction of the game?
1: I have, I have Washington winning. Um, what's the spread on this game?
0: Oh, it's a 14 and a half spread.
1: Okay, perfect. I'm hovering right around it. I yeah. have Washington winning 35 to 21. I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be, I had actually, earlier this week I had Washington winning 45 to 21 yeah. and I knocked it down because of I, after doing the the research on Boise state's offense and yes. realizing how much they can run the ball. Like you just said, I, I knocked my score down a little bit because I don't think that we're going to have the amount of possessions that we're used to having, which is the scary part of this game. And I, I'm a little bit nervous, um, especially after seeing somebody pick, uh, pick Boise state to make a new year six bowl. So, Oh, um, that's right. I, I don't think it's an automatic, it your dreams. It has haunted my dreams ever since I saw it. Yeah. That's why I don't go on social media very often because <laughs> I, I get shook. Um, so yeah, 3521
0: Um, I'm going to go, I'm actually really similar to you. I have it at thirty-seven twenty. I think it's going to be a 17 point game. Um, man, <laughs> I would not be surprised if it's closer though. I mean, yeah. That's I, i'm I'm thinking about how hard it is to continue to run the ball when everybody knows you're running the ball uh when I'm hoping Washington's defense uh, watching defense is for a fact better than last year's, but also learned from that excruciating drive that Oregon put on them late in the season and how to fix that uh, relatively quickly quickly, okay, so Leah has forty one twenty four
1: dogs. So, um, and you got, you got these for, for confessions.
0: Yep. My offense, offensive MVP, um, is going to be Jeremiah Martin. He's going to have, um, 80 yards on the ground and another 50 through the air and a
1: touchdown. I'm going to pick Will Nixon. Oh, running back heavy. Yeah. Just because I mean, I, I just, I got to double down, right. Because, uh, I just said that we're going to focus on running the ball, so I think Will, N- Will Nixon's going to score three times.
0: Excellent. All right. Um, what do you got for defensive MVP?
1: Uh, I'm going to save that pick for, for another day. I had a, I had a name in mind, but uh, I'm going to save that one for the Michigan State game. Hey, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go Asa Turner. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Asa Turner this year. I, I think he's a whole new player. I think he's a whole new person. I think he's a super leader and I think he's going to be flying around hitting people hard too. Awesome.
0: Um, I'm going to go with Edifano Ulufusio.
1: Easy pick, right?
0: Yeah. I think that if he comes back and is able to be what he was pre-injury, then he's going to dominate this game and he's going to really make Husky fans feel very good about um, themselves going for the defense going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? If, if he can take the pressure off a lot of the defense by himself, which he has done in the past, uh, the defense is going to be almost as good as the offense will be this year, which is going to be special.
0: Well, now moving on to the rest of the Pac-12. We have a a couple of Thursday night games for us. uh, And huge news that was dropped today out of Salt Lake City. Uh, Cam Rising will not be playing against Florida. Florida comes to Utah. Who do you think is going to win that game?
1: Uh, I predicted that Florida was going to take its sweep on the series, so I picked Florida.
0: Yeah, man, losing Cam Rising is a huge deal. I think you're probably right. Um Southern Utah versus Arizona State on Sun Thursday night. Does that do anything for you?
1: No, Arizona State. Yep.
0: Uh that's one of their few wins in our opinion. Yeah. Uh next uh Friday, Stanford uh at Hawaii. What do you think you got in that game?
1: I have Stanford winning. I do as well. I, I never I never trust the Rainbow Warriors. No,
0: no, they've broken they've broken my heart a few times since Colt Brennan.
1: Colt Cole Brandon. Right? <laughs> Cole yeah, he was awesome.
0: Um, next up, uh, we have Colorado headed to TCU. Now I, I'm assuming you're picking TCU, but the line is 20 and a
1: half points. Woof. Yeah. I'm picking, oh gosh, no max dug in. I'm picking TCU to cover.
0: Oh man. I, that is a big cover.
1: I I, don't like Colorado.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to be very good either. And I think TCU, it's going to be at home the first game back since they went on their magic run.
1: I almost that, that. guarantee. I almost guarantee more fights than Colorado touchdowns in this game. Oh,
0: yeah, you might be right on that one. Um, Portland State, Oregon, probably not doing much for you.
1: Portland State.
0: Yep. Cal going to North Texas. Cal is a seven-point favorite.
1: Yeah, I have Cal winning by more than yeah. that. I would, if I was a bet man, I would put money on Cal in that game.
0: Yeah, I I would probably agree with you on that. Uh, North Texas did play in a bowl game and lose to uh, Boise state last
1: year. Still in the sunbelt. Yeah.
0: Uh, (laughs) Ready for this line. (laughs) So Nevada heads to USC. The line is 38 points. Oh my
1: gosh. I'm picking Nevada to cover. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. So many points. Yeah. If Nevada scores at all, it's going to be hard for USC. Ah, Yeah. Maybe it won't be hard, but I mean, they didn't, they didn't look phenomenal last week. Is no, they the, were
0: able to they, they got ran on a little bit.
1: Yeah. So. I I just don't I don't trust I, I don't Dude, know. Dude, thirty-eight
0: points. I don't know if I'd pick anybody to beat by somebody by thirty-eight <laughs> points.
1: I mean, I yeah, I'm probably picking Alabama to cover that against like southern Alabama, but right you know, right. I I'm not no, I'm not I'm not that sold on USC. I never am.
0: Holy cow, that's an insane line. Uh, maybe Nevada's really bad. I don't know anything about them.
1: The, the reason I'm never sold on USC too, is that they either blow it. And I, it, I just think that they're going to be good. And then they end up blowing it. And then last year, like a typical USC fashion, I get, I finally start rooting for them because I need them to win for us yeah, to the right. Rose bowl. Yeah. Fight it on. Right. And then they end up blowing it. It's just a USC thing, man. Get out of here. I 100% hey, agree hey, with that go what was his name the texas quarterback my all-time all-time favorite yeah vince young my all-time favorite college quarterback just for smacking that ass
0: (laughs) yeah i uh man and you know usc doesn't cover spreads very often they didn't cover last week um then washington state heads to colorado state that's an 11 point favorite for washington state
1: yeah i would pick washington state to cover
0: me too uh, Northern Arizona heads to Arizona. Arizona's gonna win that one. Yep. Uh Coastal Carolina goes to UCLA. UCLA is a 14 and a half point favorite.
1: Uh yeah, I would pick UCLA to cover.
0: All right. Yeah, I think I would too. Um and then the last one, Sunday, um at 12 30, is Oregon State heading to San Jose State. Oregon State is a 16 and a half point favorite.
1: I'd probably pick San Jose State to cover. Yeah. I, I, I just uh, – I still think Oregon State's a rushing the football team. And, and so is San Jose State. Yeah, so they're not going to have so many possessions to beat them by 16 and a half.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know if San Jose State is – they just ran all over US, USC last week. So take that for I would
1: I would think that, that they're going to stick with that those guns, right? Yeah.
0: So looking at this, it looks like we just uh predicted back 12 to go uh, 11 and one with a loss to Florida, which sucks. I hate losing to the U S uh, to the SEC.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I don't know if I would have picked it any differently just because I picked Florida to beat Utah anyways, but, uh, but I would have really contemplated if it, if rising was playing,
0: I would have picked Utah and they still have. And I don't know if this is up to date, but it still has Utah at four and a half point favorites. So, I mean, I don't know much about Florida. It's
1: in so. Salt Lake. Yeah. So, and Florida's not, I don't think Florida's as good as they've been. I don't even think Florida was all that good last year. I think that Utah just played like dog, like Yeah, going down to
0: SEC yeah. country and getting a little scared for the first, first little bit. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, And they were, I mean, they were going to win the game. They just threw an interception. So it is what it is. Um, That'll do it for us, man. I'm so excited for this game. Uh, It it looks like me and the two little, and the two older boys are going to come up meet pop pop at the game, have a good time, hopefully sit in our seats for most of it. Uh, And then we'll be back Monday morning to, you know, dissect the game. So for Trevor Mueller, Jake Grant, go dogs,
1: go dogs.